you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Welcome back to Podiatry Marketing. I'm your host, Jim McDonald, joined always by my co- trusty co-host, Tyson Franklin. Tyson, what's going on today? Uh, good morning, Big Jim. I love the trusty part. Be better than you saying, welcome with my untrusty <laughs> co-host, Tyson Franklin. <laughs> that, would be, that would be bad. <laughs> uh, that'd be funny, though, if you had said that. Uh, but I'm glad you didn't. How you been? No, things are good. Things are good. I love uh, life in Canada. You know, in the springtime is is much better than winter. So uh, no complaints over here. No, same here. I love this time of year. It's it, everything's cooler. If anyone's ever going to d- visit the tropics, this is the time to do it. Locals, we find it cold, but people down south when they come to Kansas, they just go, oh yeah, this is a good time of the year. So let's get <laughs> on to the, today's podcast. I'm excited about this one. I- I can tell. I mean, you're rare and ready to go. So uh, what are we going to chat about today? Okay. So this came about with a, a different group I was with uh, about two years ago. I did this and I said to them, and what was really funny, I posed this question. And when I posed the question, it was pretty much around exactly the same time this had actually happened in reality. So the question was, what would you do if your, your opposition or a highly skilled podiatrist opened up directly across the road from you, from your existing business. You've got your business there, and another podiatrist could be someone you dislike, opens up directly across the road from you. They're highly skilled. They're, yeah, I mean, pretty much you can see them from the front of your uh, podiatry clinic, which means your patients can as well. They might even have skills that you don't have, or they may have a, a large marketing budget, bigger than what you currently have. And the question I pose is, what would you do? And what was funny about it, where I had my old clinic and I sold it, somebody who was already had an existing clinic in town, and I'm sure he probably listens to this podcast as well. Hello, Kyle, if you happen to be listening. He opened up a really nice clinic directly across the road from my old podiatry clinic. So it was really good timing when this actually came about because I'm looking at that if you were an existing podiatry business, and somebody opened up across from me, bigger, better, better budget, whatever it was, and your budget's a little bit tighter. What are some things you could do? So I ended up coming up with 13 things that people can do. And this was with the group that I was working with. So we, I threw out a few things and then we sort of talked about it. So there's like 13 headings, but multiple things you can do under those 13 headings. Whew. Lucky, <laughs> lucky number 13. That sounds like uh, quite a list there. I think that's a interesting problem to bring up do we bring up and i think it's not only uh you know valuable to people that kind of are in that situation but also helps maybe people you know kind of playing the what if game could sometimes be beneficial for like long-term planning because if it happens that one person it could happen to another so why not just uh you know kind of walk you know walk us through this exercise as we kind of walk through these uh, these 13 things that people could be aware of to you know you know, be ready for something like that to happen potentially. Yeah, well, what if questions I reckon are amazing questions because you can sit there and go, yeah, what if this did happen? How would you respond to it? A lot of times I think a lot of business owners don't think about things happening in their business. They just wait until it happens. And when it happens, they go, oh, and then they start to panic and they make bad decisions. Whereas I think if you think of all the things that could possibly happen and you address them early, it's a lot better. That's a whole different podcast altogether. So let's yeah. get on to 13 <laughs> things here. First one is looking at your professional referrers. So somebody's opened up across from you and you go, okay, let's go through some of the marketing pillars to start with. Your professional referrers, 
you could give them a gentle reminder that you're there, whether it's through an email, whether it was, it was a letter. You can use technology to connect with your professional referrers. Uh, sending a video using Loom. And uh, you, you know what Loom is? Anyone listening to this, if you don't know what Loom is, go and look up Loom. It's a video program. Send a video to people and it tells you when they watch it. Have you used BrainToss, uh, Jim? I have not used BrainToss yet. I think you've talked about it a little bit previously, but I haven't, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, BrainToss is awesome. It's one of the, it's, a, it's an app. It's $4 or something on your phone. Everyone should have it. If you have an idea in your head, you can just quickly record something and you can set it up so it sends an email to yourself. But you can also use it to record a message where you go, hey, Jim, how you doing? I was just uh, had this idea about something or I want to talk to you about this particular problem. Give a bit of a spiel. You've got 30 seconds to actually record the message. When you stop, that voice message will get emailed to you. But then from there, you can then email on to a professional referrer. It could be a message to them. Or you can set up that certain emails go to your receptionist and your receptionist then forwards it on to the right person. So to me, it's just with your professional referrers, first thing is reminding them you're there and use technology if you can. And then also, if you've read a, a book, like I really like this book called Be Our Guest, which is uh, about uh, Disney. Uh, have you read that? I haven't, but I've been to Disney a couple of times while growing up. Yeah, so I, I read the book a couple of years ago, Be Our Guest, one of my favorite books. And so if you've read it and it's a great book and you know another professional referrer who has a good, yeah, you can tell the difference between, you look at, not all professional referrers are equal. You look at some, you know, that clinic's a bit dodgy. And you look at others, you can tell they care. Sending them that book in the mail or just dropping it in with a little post in it saying, hey, I read this book, I think you will absolutely love it, is another way of just connecting and just a gentle reminder with your professional referrers that you're there. That's excellent. I think, uh, yeah, those kind of personal touches, whether it be through technology or through like a hardcover book, it's definitely something that's going to be appreciated by you know people within your circle. Uh, giving that little nudge that you are still there and kind of you know re-centering them maybe on exactly the type of patients you want to see can be a good way to kind of get ahead of the competition a little bit. Yeah, well, especially I know myself, if a new physio opened up in town, like where my old clinic is, there's one that's just opened down the road. If I knew that they were there and then all of a sudden I had a book dropped in to me with a post-it note or a letter just saying, hey, I read this book. I noticed that you know, looking at your clinic, you care about your patients and about you know, your visibility of your practice as well. I thought you'd find this really interesting, especially chapter four. And they marked that for me. I would read that and I would be calling them up straight away saying, hey, thank you very much. Do you want to go and grab a coffee? I'm now reaching out to them because it's the law of reciprocation. I'm reaching out to them because they've done something for me. I want to do something back. And all of a sudden, they're sitting there going, oh, yeah, that worked. So that, and you know what? It costs you nothing other than a little bit of time and you know, 20, 30 bucks for a book. So it's really simple. The second thing that's on this list is your non-professional referrers. Do exactly the same thing. Try and connect with them. But what it takes is for you to usually get off your bum and walk around town, go over to shopping centers and just meet and greet. Say hello to people, shake their hand, remind them who you are. Because you've got to remember, if the person who's walk, who's opened up across the road from you, they are fired up. They've just set up a new clinic. Everybody's enthusiastic. So is the team. Non-professional referrers in the area have seen the building getting built or getting set up. They see the sign go up. They are now aware that they are there. So you have to get off your bum and go and reconnect with uh, people in your area. Now that makes total sense. I think you have to be l l visible to that local community, right? And 
uh, when it's not professional refers, maybe they're kind of used to their day-to-day business. They kind of get in certain habits or certain rhythms. And if you can kind of go in there, um, not necessarily disrupt it, but just, you know, let them know that you are an option. You do provide these, you know, foot and ankle care services. It gives them additional options. And a lot of them will be happy to kind of, it's kind of that reciprocity as well on their side, Mm -hmm. right? If you send them a couple people get shoes or, you know, a couple, you you work with a massage therapist or someone in that, in that realm, you know, it's kind of, uh, you're, you're in there kind of, um, they know who you are and they might send patients back your way as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's not asking for that, but just like, you know, when you do good things for other others, more likely good things will happen for you as well. It's like the book example. If somebody gave me a book with a note, I couldn't help but at least contact them and say, thank you. Unless the book was crap. Unless they gave me a book <laughs> and I thought, this has obviously been sitting at the bottom of you've been trying to get rid of this thing. It's awful. <laughs> then it's got to be something that you read it and you really like it. The third thing is just about street appeal. Just realize that they're opening up a new clinic. They're going to have a new signage. So go outside and have a look at your, your current signage. Does it look tired? Does it need to be replaced? If there's vinyl lettering, is any of that peeling off? Uh, yeah, does it need to be cleaned? So because first impressions count. They're going to be bright and shiny in you. You've got to make sure that your business doesn't look tired and outdated. It's like websites. Jim, you'd agree. You see a website that's five or seven years old compared to a brand new website. It's really obvious that the difference between them and your business looks exactly the same. Well, it's like you said, you have to have kind of a, a seamless transition from the kind of area where they make that first impression, whether it be in real life or uh, online. And then that needs to transfer into a similar experience within your clinic. If there's a huge disparity between those two things and um, it doesn't ha- feel the same, it doesn't look the same, it can be kind of jarring and kind of sets up people to feel, you know, not necessarily distrustful, but feel a little off. Um, you, do, you want to try to make that as smooth as possible. So people have a great experience when they come into your practice, see you online, have a great experience with you out in the community. All those things are really, really important. Yeah. And, and like we're saying, these are 13 things you can do because somebody has opened up across the road from you. Just remember, this is what we're talking about. You've opened up your doors, you've walked out the front of you, you go, oh crap. There's a new podiatry clinic across the road and it's all bright and shiny and they're highly skilled. And that leads us on the fourth thing, which was update your website. It's have a look at your website. Is it tired? Does it need to be renewed or you know, a few areas tidied up? Do you want to offer some, some free, more free information on there and make sure that you, you have like a, a media page even on your website so that if you are talking to people or someone wants to reach out to you, there's an area there where they can learn a little bit about you or some information that you can actually send out. So I think it's just remember, these are some of these things might cost a little bit of money, but a lot of these things just take you thinking about them and not just leaving, oh, well, yeah, I will survive because I have an awesome reputation. <laughs> but I think it is important to get a, you know, a new set of eyes on that website, right? I think, yeah. you know, whether, whether it be you just kind of looking at some websites that you use outside of medicine and seeing some of the features they have or things that how they have changed over time, you know, if you're you know young in practice, you're probably used to these fully featured websites and chat bots and all those other things incorporated into the website. But if you're someone Tyson or my age, you know, websites used to be these things where they were basically like a digital business card, right? And yeah. if it had your your name, your phone number, your location, that's really all you cared about on the website. But as technology uh, advances and improves, people are expecting more of these websites. They want to see authentic photos. They want to see ways of making an appointment. They don't necessarily require a phone call. So 
getting sometimes that outside opinion. Um, it doesn't mean you need to like radically change it, but you need to have a plan to keep it up to date. And uh, if you're just kind of building it and letting 10 or 15 years go by, that's when really people get into trouble uh, when it comes to the websites. Mm, I've seen some websites like that. So number five was, I better, be, better start moving along a bit quicker. Uh, number five is community engagement, which you mentioned before about just letting the community know that you're there. If there's expos on, there's events, can you volunteer? Can you just, just get out and about because you need to be seen and you need to be heard because if you don't, the other people will get out there. And that's exactly what happened with my old clinic is everything that I used to do with the community, with sporting teams and all that, the new owners that took it over didn't care about community engagement. The new people who set up across the road did care about community engagement and they now own that space. So it's important to connect there. Number six is if you have a niche in your business, make sure you're pushing that niche. Make sure that people know what your business actually stands for and you always repeat this jim if if what you love to do in podiatry was illegal if we went to your website and we looked through your clinic could we find enough information to convict you and unfortunately a lot of podiatrists would get off scot-free so work work on your niche if you don't have a niche think about what do i love doing more than anything else if i had the choice between tomorrow having 10 new patients come in what would it be that's something that you love doing you might want to push uh into that area you want to comment before I go to number seven? Well, you're right there. No, I think I think you touched on it well. I do enjoy that uh, that uh, kind of that example of the uh, person being convicted for what they want to do uh, in their clinic. You know, it is it is one of those things that if you don't put it out into the world and show people what you do, uh, they're gonna think you're just a, a general foot doctor. So, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with being um, you know a general practitioner, but there's definitely different areas within the practice that people enjoy. So, if you want to do more of that. You have to show that to people. It has to be on your website. You have to promote it. You have to market in your practice. You have to be at those events locally. You know, if you love you know, treating baseball players or softball players, you need to be, you know, treating those local uh, high school athletes or those recreational athletes. You need to make connections in that area. And, and you're not going to get that by just sitting back and doing nothing and just hoping it comes your way. You have to take action. Yeah, and I always say, yeah, no, I've never heard of anyone having a statue built uh, built for them for the best generalist in the world. Well, there's John Parker. He was the best generalist I've ever met. Usually statues are built for people that have stand out, have done something. Even when you look within the podiatry profession, those people that are up on the pedestals that are invited to events and doing different things, they're usually known for one or two things within the profession. So if it works for them, it also will work with your, your practice. doesn't mean that's all you do. It's just that's what you're known for. Number seven is touching base, base with your patients. And I remember seeing a quote somewhere once, and it said, when should you tell your wife you love her before somebody else does? Your patients work exactly the same way. You need to stay in touch with your patients. You can't just leave it up to them that, oh, well, when you're ready, you just come back and, and see me because I'm here because I'm awesome. It's your other people... We'll tell them about this new clinic. So you need to make sure you're reactivating patients that haven't been in for a while. You have emails going out. You have an email newsletter. You try and increase the touch points with your existing patients. Let them know that you care about them. And people who know that you care about them will also care about you. They won't, you know, put it this way, even in a relationship, no one leaves a relationship when if everything's awesome. 
there's usually a reason relationships fall down. And I think it's the same with patients and podiatrists in, in health health profession. Is a really happy patient is not going to go somewhere else or play up behind your podiatry back if they are really happy. Agreed. Okay. Number eight is introduce yourself. So do a recall mission. I think if a new competitor has opened up across the road and you do not know who they are, you should go over there and say hello. You should introduce yourself. You should make them know that you don't care that they're actually across the road. Because when you actually look at their business, you might look inside and go, ah, on the outside it looks really good, but on the inside it doesn't look as good as what yours is. Or you might see certain you know services they're offering. You go, oh, okay, well, if they're offering that, it's good. I can... And you can say, or if, can I send my patients over here for that service? Because it might be something you don't want to do. And they might go, well, what do you like doing? You go, well, I like doing this. And you might find instead of being competitors, you may actually be able to work uh, closer together. Uh, number nine is just reflect on your own practice. Is sit back and just look at your business and think about are there, are there parts of your business that you think need to be improved? Is, it, is there something that, is worn out that needs to get replaced is does it need painting there's so many different parts about your business that if you really sit back and just reflect on your own practice you may see things that you're not always seeing but your patients are and and they're going to use that as a comparison uh, to the guy across the road i think it's really important that you uh you know you review your actions whether it be your marketing actions your treatment the treatment you provide seeing what kind of impact that has you know with either in numbers or statistics or just kind of you know, when you have that data, it's easier to reflect on and make good decisions. If you're just trying to grab stuff out of the air every once in a while, maybe you'll get a decent sense of what's happening, but you really need to have, you know, some of these things have numbers and stats around them to really make them more concrete. And then you're able to adjust and make better changes or better adjustments. Yeah. Okay. So number 10 is know your ideal patient. You would have heard us talk about this multiple times before we were talking about you need to know who your ideal patient is and once you know who they are when you've really described who your ideal patient is i can't remember the exact episode but look through our long list of podcasts so far and we will mention the ideal patient listen to that one when you know who they are it's just make sure you're talking to them whether it's through any sort of marketing that you're doing making sure you're talk, always talking to your ideal patients if you're writing a blog there's no point writing a blog about treating an ulcer if you don't like ulcers, but you want to do more MSK work or you want to do more runners. Just make sure anything you're doing is targeted towards that ideal patient. And many years ago, it used to be people would just write just the most ridiculous blog articles so they felt, oh, I've just got to keep putting information out there. The more information I put out there, the more patients are going to get. But 50% or 80% of what they wrote was just rubbish. No one's looking for it. No one cares about it. And when you ask them, what's your ideal patient? They tell you, you go, well, eight out of 10 things you write, you could just save yourself the time and not done it. So just give that some thought. Number 11, I think, is super important. Just remember, someone's opened up across the road from you. You need to retrain your team with greeting your patients and answering the phone. Don't just assume they know how to do it. Sit there with them and go, okay, when a patient walks in, what do you say? What do you do? And you could even have... Uh, what do they call them? Uh, mystery shoppers. I, I did this with my podiatry clinic. I had someone that I knew. And I said, hey, do you want to be a mystery shopper for me? They went, yeah, no problem. I said, book in for an appointment. Come in for this. This is what you want to say to them. I said, just come in. I said, we'll just chat away for half an hour. I said, I'll give you the money that you'll then pay at the front and then I'll take it out later. 
Yeah, not a problem. So I, I did that twice. And one, everything was super positive. And the other one, everything was terrible. But both times we learned from, the one that was terrible was the one that we learned, on, learned from the most. So just remember, you might think they know how to greet a patient, but do they really know how, they want, how, do they understand how you want them to greet the patient? And also when they're answering the phone, how do they answer the telephone? Are they giving the correct information? Throw some questions at them about some things, some odd questions that a patient might ask, and can they answer it? Do they know how to handle objections when they talk about pricing? Or something? Oh, how much is an orthotic? Do they know what to say? Or do they go, oh, they, they, they get all panicky and they just throw out some ridiculous figure. Super important to understand that. Number 12 is update your uniforms. And if you don't have a uniform, get a uniform. I don't know what, what it's like in America, but, but in Australia, there's... Some clinics that they don't have a uniform, anyone can just rock up wearing whatever they want. You know, it's it's like non-uniform day. Or, or they'll have a shirt on and it's got like a Nike tick. And I know that Nike's not paying them to wear that shirt. So they're promoting Nike in their own business and they're promoting Nike when they're out and about. Get yourself a decent uniform. Look at your uniform. Does it look professional and is it on brand? Does it actually match the rest of the brand of your particular business? Any comments there, Jim, before we get on to number 13? No, I think you're right on. I think you have to dress the part, right? And uh, you have an opportunity to really kind of, when you're wearing something that is your clinic, uh, it really helps kind of not only within your clinic make you look more professional, but when you're out and about in the community, it provides a little opportunity for visibility there as well. So I think, you know, by being on brand and uh, it, it can pay out dividends more than just kind of looking professional in your own clinic. Yeah, I remember when I set up the Mackay Clinic and while it was getting built, it was everything was getting done over like a six-week period. I was down there multiple times. I had my shirt on. I went around visiting you know, professional referrers. I went and set up a, an account at the news agency, went to the pharmacist, did all this stuff. I probably booked about 12 patients just because I had my shirt on, just talking to people at the local takeaway cafe. So the day we actually opened, we were pretty much booked out our first day of put of opening the doors purely because of being out and about not just the people I spoke to and booked in but then they spoke to other people now I could have walked into a takeaway just wearing any shirt Reebok Nike and that wouldn't have sparked any conversation whatsoever but by having my podiatry logo on that said ProArch Podiatry they go oh whereabouts are you go oh we just got a new business setting up just down the road here and that started a conversation Number 13, this one's optional, but I would do it anyway, is create some form of merchandise or a welcome pack for when your patients do come in and they see, what are you going to give them something that they can at least take away? Every patient should be leaving with something. You may not put together a big uh, pack, but even if it's just pens, just something that the patient can take away that's got your business name on there that when they get home, it's a, it's a constant reminder that you exist. Because when they get home, they're going to talk to friends and the friends might say, hey, there's a new podiatry clinic. Oh, yeah, that's, no, that's not my podiatrist. My podiatrist is your business name. Just put your business name in there. So like I said, there was 13 things that we sort of spoke about when I was talking with this other group. And there's so many more things that you can do if somebody opens up across from you. The main thing is, Get off your bum and don't sit back and just think, I oh, know my business, I've been around for too long. My business is too big. 
I can't be touched because you will get touched. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. You can't really just, you know, depend on that reputation that you built up for 10 or 15 years, or how long it's been. Um, and just kind of work from a reactive stance. You have to be proactive. You have yeah. to really be, you know, kind of a journey of consistently improving what you're doing, you know, your connections with the community. Um, it's really kind of, you know, these days and this day and age, at least in the US and North America, it's very, I would say kind of like customer service face culture now, even in, even with healthcare now, people are used to having things on demand and having it their way. So, you know, as this kind of changes, you know, if it's been Dr. Google, what's changed this, you know, healthcare also has to, uh, and healthcare providers also have to adapt to these changes. And if you don't, you're most likely going to be left behind. So it's important to, to kind of take these things uh, into account and be proactive. Yeah, and it's it, if you think of when you first set your own business up and the professional referrers, for example, who started referring to you, the reason they started referring to you is because you were new and fresh and you were enthusiastic. As the years go on, if you're just sitting back there thinking, well, my reputation is now out there, they're going to keep referring to me. Just remember, before they referred to you, they were referring to somebody else. So if a newer person comes in and they have more enthusiasm and they are more excited and they are more trained or perceived to be trained, then those professional referrers might drop you like a bad habit and start moving somewhere else. So just, I think just always be aware of it and keep asking yourself, though, like you said at the beginning, Jim, just all those if questions. What happens if this happens? It may never happen. But if it does happen, you've got a game plan uh, basically ready for it. Yeah, you've got a game plan or you've, you listen to this podcast and you thought about what we're talking about and you're, you know, four or five steps ahead of the game. So I think that's a, an important component of, you know, just being proactive. Yep. Okay. I think I'm done. And uh, I look forward to talking again next week, Jim. I don't know what your topic is going to be, but I'm looking forward to it. No, it should be good. But uh, if anyone has made it this far in the podcast, I'd highly recommend if you do Tyson and I a favor, go ahead and go on to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, you know, preferably five stars and some some kind words would be appreciated. And uh, if you wouldn't mind as well, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, go ahead and uh, subscribe as well. It, it is, you know, if you receive some value or some good tips here, hopefully uh, we've got 13 of them today. So mm -hmm. hopefully that all works out for you and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, and we may see some of you in Chicago in October. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Oh, there no, no, it's already out there that this is going to happen. <laughs> but whoever's listening to this now. Anyway, okay, Jim, talk to you next week. Sounds good, Tyson. Okay, bye. bye. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.